You're listening to the Alpha Man Project with your host, Ted Rice. Would you like to be bigger, leaner, and stronger? Do you want to develop the confidence to go after what you want in life? Or how about becoming the man that women want to be with? It doesn't matter if you're a successful CEO or working 9 to 5. We're here once a week to empower you to reach your full potential so you can live life on your own terms. You deserve greatness. Now it's time to make it happen. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Find it all at alphamanprojects.com. Now back to the show. I think a lot of guys have heard and I've heard women make a very quick judgment about whether you're a yes or a no or whether you're a maybe or a no. Is there any truth to that from what you've read? I mean, I think there's, what is that famous saying that a woman knows whether she's going to sleep with you within the first 10 seconds or not, something along those lines. It's important to also understand that we're just, we're hardwired to be judgmental. Whenever you see somebody, you're going to be on some level, you're going to judge them. We like to think that, oh, we don't judge people that we're very open, but that's just a load of crap. We're hardwired to be judged because it's a survival mechanism. Right. Because of our judgment, we've survived thousands of years and have become, you know, one of the dominant species here. So yeah, she'll judge you and, and she'll be able to probably on some level know whether she's attracted to you or not, which is why having good, solid, fundamental body language is really important, particularly with the uh, introduction. And probably where this a lot of this comes from is, you know, they've done science on this where you're, you know, a lot of people think that their first impression starts when they open their mouth, but it actually starts when you open, when you walk through the door. Oh, great. Because of that snap judgment. Again, Blink does a really good job of explaining this, but we have these things called snap judgments that happen within just seconds, sometimes milliseconds for our brain to decide whether somebody's basically a threat or friendly. Right. Yeah. And maybe our world has changed a lot, but these instincts are still there. So very important. and, And here's the thing, too. A part of attraction is it's hardwired into our brain. So some women might be looking for, you know, some jack muscly dude and and that's who she's into. So if you're some skinny rocker guy, it's not your fault. It's just what she's attracted to. Vice versa is also true. So she may be into some skinny rocker dude and you walk over there and and you're some jack burly dude. And while you might be more alpha in sense of your body, whatever, but compared to the rocker guy, but at some level, we're hardwired to be attracted to like certain things. Like for me, I'm very attracted to like yoga, skinny sort of surfer body type body types. That's not for everybody. You know, some people want, yeah, some guys want some jungle truck or a little bit more up top. You know, for me, I just, I, that body just does it for me. Every time I see it, I bite my knuckles, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> on some level, attraction isn't necessarily a choice. It's just something that we're, we have a preference for. Yeah. So a common saying that we have is some girls like Chinese food and you're selling pizza. No, no, that's an excellent point. So even if you have your body language down, even if you know all the right things to say, she just might not be into you. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm in Miami Beach. It's very diverse out here. And there's some women that love gringo types like myself. And then there's women who want to date like, you know, there's a ton of Latin people out here, Hispanic people, and they just want a Latin guy, some of these women. And that's cool. So even if you have all your stuff together, your body language, your all all that stuff going on, she just may not be into you. So that's great. So Justin, let's get into myths about body language. We've already kind of dispelled one of them. That quote I read from one of the pickup forums, but what do you have for us? 
Well, it's interesting because let's talk about eye contact, right? So that guy was obviously giving some strong eye contact. Right. But one of the common myths is that people who have darting eyes or give too much eye contact are often like trustworthy because they're they're giving you attention and things like that. But actually, people that lie overcompensate on the eye contact because they they're aware of that. So in some level, subconsciously, like, oh, I have to give really strong eye contact because I'm lying and I don't want them to find out. And what ends up happening is they overcompensate. So they start staring other people down. So that's always a common myth that people that are, don't give good eye contact. It's actually the opposite. Yeah. And, you know, I want to just interject a quick personal story. I have a friend of mine who I grew up with. Actually, we don't even talk right now because he's kind of a nutcase, which will kind of lead into the story. But the guy has, let's say, super alpha eye contact, right? Like I grew up always beating him in wrestling and all that. But if we were getting to get into a staring match, he would probably win, you know, nine times out of 10. And he... And women would be drawn to him because of his powerful eye contact, but he was a complete loose cannon. So in the relationship, it was a complete mess, but he would give off this super alpha eye contact and he would make jokes and he would be like the life of the party. And he was a lot of fun to hang out with, but man, you know, that goes back to that first impression. We make these snap judgments, but sometimes, like you said, liars give very strong eye contact and hence the term con men, right? Which are confidence men. Right. And uh, excellent. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. I mean, with the eye contact, you know, it's on one hand, it's good with the attraction process. You want to be able to hold and maintain eye contact. Obviously, you know, sometimes uh, it can come off too much. Like if you're staring, it can be kind of creepy. So there's always like uh, guys that I work with always have to find this balance between giving good eye contact and then not, you know, with the regards to the guy, it's interesting because it sounds like girls were really interested in him and then he would just be a loose candidate in the relationship, which is, is very common. One thing I will say though, it going relating to first impressions is that the reason why first impressions are so important and the reason why I actually have a problem with the saying, you only get to make a first impression once. That's true and both not true. Technically you only get one chance to do it, but oftentimes you might be surprised by your own judgments and assumptions about people. I've run into plenty of people where I misjudged them. I thought they were a loose cannon, crazy, maybe really weak. And they ended up being really cool people. It just took a minute to get to know them. Right. But first impression is so powerful that we actually tend to hold on to them. And I know for me, I've jumped into relationships where I've held on to that first impression when she was not acting like that first impression. I kept wondering, I kept seeing this disconnect. I was like, well, she used to act like this and now she's acting like this. And I don't get it because this is who she is. You know, I'm pointing my left hand, the one that I first saw versus the one that's on the right, which is actually more true to form. I think that is particularly true with a lot of women who come off as bitchy or, you know, they're just uncomfortable. And once they start getting comfortable, they start changing. So, okay, first impression's cool, but at the same time, we need to be open minded because the first impression isn't necessarily them. Yeah. Uh, a good example is my, my girlfriend. She uh, oftentimes when guys go over and approach her. She's often perceived in her first impression is kind of bitchy and prissy. And uh, when you get to know her, she's actually really cool. She's very funny and just a really cool person. Loves just different kinds of music. And uh, it's one of those things that once people get to actually know her, she's like really cool. <laughs> but it just kind of goes to show you that, like, if you were just not have an open mind, you just dismiss somebody that's really cool. Right. You know, if you just held on to that first impression. Well, yeah, that goes back to the rules that you laid out for us. So what's another body language myth? 
Hands behind the back. This is known as a power pose. And if you guys kind of want to visualize this, imagine if you're in the army or in the Marines and you're looking at a drill sergeant and they have this very big power pose. So their gait is pretty wide or their stance is pretty wide. So their feet are about pretty much a little bit wider than what their shoulder length is. And they're standing with their hands, holding their hands behind their back. Now, this is a myth because this is oftentimes portrayed as a power pose. I'm the more authoritative figure, right? However, if you're in a sales meeting, and you're trying to get some business from somebody, you don't want to be doing that because the flip side of this is when we hide our hands, we naturally tend to not trust people because we think they're hiding something. Uh, and this goes back to you know evolutionary psychology. When people hid their hands, it usually meant they had a weapon or they couldn't be trusted. And so this is something that we're just sort of inborn with. In fact, Romans, have you ever heard of the Roman handshake? A Roman handshake is basically they would grab each other's forearm right, to, make forearm. Sure that, sure. Yeah, to make sure they're not hiding any weapons underneath their toga and stuff. So it kind of helps exemplify that if we're hiding our hands, like if I were to talk to you and let's just say I kind of wanted to like mess with you a little bit and I just put my hands behind my back, you know, you probably feel a little bit off or you might feel that I'm not uh, as trustworthy uh, because I'm hiding my hands. Right. So in that situation with the drill instructor, obviously everybody understands their place in that setting and Mm -hmm. it's a hierarchy and he's the man. (laughs) Yeah. And even personal trainers like that might be something you might want to do if you're a personal trainer. Like if you're getting people to motivate them to like do something and it requires you to be a powerful person, then that would be an instance where you could use that. However, people tend to try and carry that over into other situations where it's completely unwarranted, like a business meeting or in like the corporate world. You wouldn't necessarily want to do that unless you are making a very purposeful, definitive statement where you're coming from a place of power, where you need to come from a place of power. Most of the time you won't be in that position. You're going to be in a sales uh, meeting or things like that. I mean, so So you want to keep the hands where people can see them. Exactly. Keep the hands where people can see them. That's the. uh, the Yeah. If you want to inspire trust, if you want to say, hey, you can trust me, I'm not, you know, hiding anything here. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Exactly. What about the folding of the arms? (laughs) This one is funny because I kind of mentioned it earlier. Sometimes it's people's baselines. And that's the whole point is that sometimes people are just comfortable crossing their arms. But if you don't know them, you know, you might erroneously judge them as defensive so just because the myth here is is just because somebody's folding their arms does not mean they're defensive it just means that that just might be their baseline and where they're comfortable with but oftentimes you know guys will see a girl at a, at a club or something she's crossing her arms and listen you never know our assumptions actually suck we do a whole exercise to prove how bad our assumptions are here in our programs but our assumptions suck so she might be having a bad night but she might be like the friend that i work with who just that's just her resting pose that's just her natural pose so folding of the arms doesn't necessarily mean somebody's defensive excellent All right. So how about another one? The other one here is hair twirling. And this one drives me nuts because there was this thing going around in like pickup artist community. Sure. Girls twirling her hair means, oh, she's into you. However, twirling the hair indicates nervousness, which if she's into you, yes, she'd be kind of nervous. But if she's not into you, she might also twirl her hair because she's nervous and kind of uncomfortable in the situation. So she wants uh, you to go. She's like, oh, God, please. go." Yeah. And one thing you might be able to do to sort of visualize this is if she's looking at you, she's giving you a good example of reading clusters right so she's giving you positive body language she's smiling and she's playing along with your uh, your dumb jokes or with your banter right and and then she's twirling her hair okay in that context you can probably safely assume that she's into you however 
if you go over and talk to her and she's twirling her hair, but kind of like looking past you or like looking away and kind of giving you a neutral or negative body language, then you can't really safely assume that she's into you because she's twirling her hair. You know, you have to look at the whole picture and what her body language is communicating is that she's really not into it. And she's pretty much over the conversation, sort of looking for an escape route. Yeah, no, very important. What about your fifth one? The fifth one is using your body language or tweaking your body language to achieve a certain goal is somehow bad or unethical. This one, I think, is a huge myth because there are certain situations where you want to use your body language to your advantage. It could be a sales meeting or let's say you're asking for a raise, right? You'd want to use your body language in a very constructive way so that you build trust and so that somebody that uh, would give you the raise would want to because they like you as a person, A, because you do a good job, B, and C, you have a very open body language, very cooperative body language, right? If you were to use some very dominant type of body language or some very aggro type of body language, you know, they probably wouldn't give you a raise. Right. So, you don't want to over dominate the hand that feeds, so to speak. So, or like if you're, uh, let's say you have to give a, a solid presentation, right? Wouldn't you want to work on your body language so that the words that are coming out of your mouth and the vocal tonality match, you know, your body language so that you convey a very confident position? I really am drawn to the speakers that have really good body language. Wow, that person really knows what they're talking about. And, and while I love what they're saying, I bet subconsciously I'm like, wow, their body language is freaking awesome <laughs> you know yeah, like, you like the tone yeah. of their voice yeah. you like their enthusiasm yeah the words are kind of coming secondary right yeah and it's the overall vibe that they have what's his name is it simon sinek simon something he gives a really good uh he has like a, this really famous 18 minute long ted talk that i really love watching and he's just a great speaker but there's lots of other people you know that are, are really good speakers and i'm kind of drawn to really good speakers and i think it's because of their their body language and how they're delivering the message not necessarily what the words are saying yeah and you know what i look for people who i can interview who do have that that vocal tone, right? Or they're excited because, right. guys, what if I came on, started talking like this? Welcome to the <laughs> Alpha Man Project. How long right. could you think you could listen to this before you just go nuts, right? Oh, yeah. Dude, okay, so my thing is like audiobooks because it quite honestly takes me a long time to read and finish a book because I have to literally set aside time for it yeah. like I would for like working out, sure. right? And I'd rather go like hit the racks than personally than, you know, sit down and read a book. And it's not that I love reading and I'm a very avid reader. It's just it's hard for me to make that a habit just like it's kind of if you're first working out, it's kind of hard to get that habit going. And so I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to try audiobooks because I, I like listening to long podcasts. There's, and I'm always drawn to the podcasts that have where the person has like a good voice. And I've picked up some audiobooks and the content's good. I just, I can't get past the vocal tonality. It, it drives me nuts. I can think of a book right now, Gates of Fire by Stephen Pressfield. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> the book, reading it will blow your mind. Right. It's about the battle at Thermopylae, about the oh, 300 cool. Spartans. It is an insane book. It makes the movie 300 look like it was for little kids. Oh, awesome. But I tried listening to it on audiobook and the guy was just killing me. I, I couldn't do it, man. And it was like one of the best. I had these great memories of reading it and it got me through a hard time. And I used to read it before I go and compete when I was competing oh, cool. in jujitsu and it really pumped me up and kind of made me ready for whatever would happen. And I was like, yeah, I want to feel that again, you know? And I tried listening to the audiobook because man, I got time problems like you do. I mean, we're busy yeah. guys. But yeah. dude, the vocal, the guy, the way the guy sounded was just killing me. 
me. Yeah. So it's really yeah. important. Vocal tonality is really important. And uh, one of the things that I've had to do to work on my vocal tonality is I used to hear this a lot. Justin, I can't hear you. You're mumbling and you talk fast. So I was talking at a low volume and I was talking really fast. And I used to do this when I was nervous. That was sort of how my nervous energy would come out. I'd talk really fast and then I would also mumble. And one thing I consciously had to do is and I had a good opportunity to work at this because I used to have like a sales job. So I had to talk to people over the phone all the time. And one thing I would do was I would slow down my rate of speech. And then I dived into some diaphragmic breathing, which is what singers do. And it basically means you're breathing from your diaphragm as opposed to your chest. And what that is able to do is you're able to project your voice at a louder volume. And so I utilized that technique. And for a while, I thought I was yelling. Like right. I literally felt like I was yelling. And then it, it's funny, you know, cause as time and the more you practice, it just becomes normal. And so now I guess I'm known as to have more of a louder voice, but people can definitely hear me and using your vocal tonality can actually assert uh, confidence or draw attention. As an instructor, I have to speak loud uh, so that guys can hear me so that they can resonate with the message. And I have to work on my tonality because otherwise, yeah, if I show up like, Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to our charm. And like, we're going to do some like cool things this week. You know, people are going to listen to me. Right. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that personal story. And I'll share a little bit too. When I was in junior high, one of my teachers, because the way I, I used to speak really like you spoke really fast and mumbled, I spoke really slow and okay. I had people make fun of me about it. And actually one of my teachers was like, she wanted to put me in special classes. I was not special guys. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, you know, I didn't belong on the short bus, but I was giving off that vibe and it wasn't even intentional. And that's probably a good point because Justin, you and I, we probably didn't, we just sort of developed it for whatever reason, right? Right. And nobody gave us any instruction on how to do it. So back to what you said about it's not being authentic or it's manipulative or whatever. It's guys, you want to get this part handled because you're already communicating through your body language. And you want to, like you said, Justin, if you went up and you wanted to do podcasts or teach the Art of Charm boot camps like you do and, and to be this guy, this expert in body language, people aren't going to listen to you if you're not exemplary of that. Yeah. So. If you're not projecting that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now I feel like I had something I was going to say. It was kind of important, but uh, you know how that goes. It'll probably come back later. Yeah. Let's get into her signs of interest. So you've given us the rules, you've given us the misconceptions. What should we look for when talking to women? Okay. One concept that I work with guys, and this is sort of a concept that will take a little bit to work through because it takes a little bit of what we call faking it till you make it. And while that's a heavily studied principle and there's a really good book on there called the as if principle, which is on my bucket list of reading books, but it basically talks about if you want to be a rock star, right? Or if you want to be a high level CEO, or if you want to be a top notch salesman, right? You have to start acting as if you are already that, 
That means dressing the part. That means talking the part. That means acting the part. If you really want to do that and be taken seriously, then you need to start doing that. Now, the problem is is it feels authentic because the reason why it feels authentic is because we're pattern-based people. We do things in patterns, and so you're breaking the pattern, so therefore you feel authentic. That's why a lot of guys working with this stuff feel a little disingenuous, you know, non-genuine because it's not what they normally do, except the problem is what they normally do trips them up in their dating lives or in their corporate lives or in building a business, things like that. So the first principle that you want to assume is assuming attraction. You want to assume attraction because when you assume attraction, A, it gears your mind to look for her signs of interest, which I'm about to go through. B, it makes approaching a lot easier. If you assume that they already want to talk to you, then you're not worried about what you have to say, are you? Because there's the assumption that she wants to talk to you. So anything you say is pretty much going to land pretty on point. And with that mindset, your body language will follow. See, we have a saying that the mind follows the body, the body follows the mind. So if you have a positive attitude and a positive mindset, your body language will likely mirror that. Now, so it's important to assume attraction so you can see these signs of interest that I'm about to lay out. The first one is smiling with prolonged eye contact. So eye contact's good. And when I say prolonged eye contact, I mean just a few seconds more than what a passing glance is. So if she's smiling and giving you that sort of prolonged eye contact, and by the way, guys, you will start to see this once you start assuming traction. You'll walk into a venue and you'll start to see girls checking you out uh, because that's just what people do. So anyways, the reason why this is such a strong side of interest is because you know, we don't really pay attention to things that we don't like seeing. So for example, everyone wants to look at a car wreck. They're like, oh man, you know, I hope somebody's okay. Or, oh man, that car really got like messed up. And as you're driving by and you're driving by and then you see like, just like a stream of blood and some brains and stuff like that. Most of us, and at least me, I look away immediately because I can't handle that. That's just too much, right? And that's kind of similar. You know, if something turns us off or we're not interested in something, we don't actually give it that much attention because it's not something that we would want to give it attention to. So that's why smiling and I contact why while everyone's heard that that's why it's important because she's already interested and you haven't even said anything yet um so that's that's the first one yeah and i have a quick question for you because i was actually i'm in a relationship right now with a girl but i was walking the other day and this girl like looked deeply into my eyes neither of us smiled but man i got like super turned on after that and like what if there isn't a smile It's the prolonged eye contact, you know, run into that. Not every girl smiles. So don't take this as a black or white thing. Uh, It's kind of like everyone's different. So this girl looked kind of cold, (laughs) which I kind of like actually, but Uh, she wasn't smiling too. So we kind of think, oh, she's cold. Right. But she's giving me that prolonged eye contact. You might feel that, you know what? Actually, guys might feel that similar way. She gave me eye contact, but she wasn't smiling and she seemed kind of cold. Well, there's a few things going on there. One, she's looking at you, so she's interested. She might not be smiling because maybe she's nervous. Maybe she's she caught you looking at her and she's like, oh, what do I do? You know, it's kind of that, that fight or flight. I, actually, we tend to freeze. So it's the fear-based response. We just kind of freeze. When we freeze, we don't smile. And uh, so there's some of that. And then we you know we have this sort of judgment. Oh, because she's not smiling, therefore she means she's cold, which of course the only way we're ever going to find that out is if we go over there and say hi but yeah if she's looking at you but not smiling that's still you can accept that as an open invitation to go over there and say hi excellent so i'm with someone i'm not going to do that but if that happens to you guys follow justin's advice go over and say hi and should we smile we should right 
Oh, absolutely. Smiling conveys warmth and openness. If you were to look around the venue and you notice people that aren't smiling, what's the natural assumption? Your mind will automatically think cold and not into it. Again, that's an erroneous assumption. However, we can take responsibility in our part in creating a nice first impression, which after this, maybe if we have time, I'll lay out real quick. Um, Actually, I'll just do it now. A nice first impression is smiling, making solid eye contact, not to the point of where you're sort of staring, but you want to make good eye contact and approach and you want to make sure that you're smiling, smiling big. You'll also, when you go over there and say hi, you also want to stand next to her as opposed to in front of her. When you stand in front of her, you're giving off this thing called positive body language and positive body language creates tension. You can use that for escalation, but most of the time that shoots guys in the foot right off the bat because there's just too much going on, too much tension. So you use your body language to shift to a neutral position where you're shoulder to shoulder with her and that makes the interaction more comfortable with you and if you notice if you're a casual observer of body language you'll notice that people that are in good rapport they actually stand next to each other they don't stand face to face because that's uncomfortable sure so smile really big make good style of eye contact and then when you're talking to her stand next to her and then reward her with positive body language so that's very quick down and dirty guide to making a good first impression yeah i like that and so we're not like just face toward her and leaning in and smiling and giving all this attention. We're slowly rewarding her as we see that there's an actual connection because what if you're just attracted to her looks, but she's not really right for you. I like that. That's great advice, man. Yeah. uh, I know you talked about sort of the creepy illusion, but what helps create that creepy illusion if you're full on positive and you're just beaming all that positive body language, that's the reciprocal. That's the consequence that she feels. She's like, oh, there's just too much going on. And she just feels uh, quote unquote creeped out. It's not that you're a creepy guy. You're just not putting your best foot forward. Yeah, that's great. All right, so what other signs of interest should we be looking for? All right, this other one I call is the hover girl. And basically, it's not that girls follow you around in the venue, but if you keep seeing the girl within the space, within your party bubble, as I call it, so basically with anybody that's within talking or shouting distance, that's kind of like your party bubble. If you keep seeing her in there, that's an approach by a girl. See, women, it's not their job to approach us, but what they do is they make it super easy. So by standing in your space so that you could easily turn around and talk to her, that's one sign. Another thing that they do is women that want that are drawing attraction to themselves they talk a little bit louder so that they're noticed and they actually sound a little bit more feminine so they sound a little bit more girly so if she's standing in her space she's laughing loud or talking loud and she just seems really girly so there's like hair twirling and all these other girly things then you should feel pretty good especially if you've been seeing her frequently you should feel pretty good about going over there and talking to her even if her back's towards you excellent Yeah. And we wouldn't even want them to be so direct. So guys, if you're expecting women to be so direct, they're not, but they do give you these signals like Justin is saying, and it's up to you to start paying attention and reading them and acting on them. Justin, real quick, man, I had a chick give me a rose in a club one time and it was the most awkward. I mean, she wanted to get laid that night, but she was okay, but really not my type. You know, I, I like girls who are in shape and she really wasn't. And like gave me a rose and I felt really awkward. I felt like a chick and I didn't know what to do with the rose. I put it down and she got mad at me and I'm like, Oh guys, you don't want to feel that way. So you want them to be women. You don't want them to give you these overt signals. You want them to be the women that they are. And it's up to you to be the man, start learning this stuff that Justin's talking about. So you can start acting on it. 
Yeah, it's our job to be the gas pedals and, and women are the brakes. So it's our job as men to go after what we want. And what they'll do is they'll make it as easy as possible for you to just go over there and say hi. At least we have that, right? Yeah, <laughs> at least, no, it's at least, true, at least you guys man. have that going for that. Just a couple other quick ones is playing along with banter. So we have this concept of banter, which is light, teasing, fun, playful stuff. Now, it's not negative, but it's fun and playful. So like you're role playing, you're breaking up with her, you're marrying her, you guys are going on trips to Vegas, things like that. So you come up with these fun, playful scenarios that you guys can do now if she's pitching into that playing that role with you that's a good sign so if you're like breaking up with her and she's like all right fine you get the kids on weekends i'm going to be a single raging mom take like 75 percent of your money and you know just like playing along with it that's a good sign we wouldn't do that or she wouldn't do that if she's not into it just scenarios if you guys are like talking about playfully like robbing a bank and stuff and you know you tease her like okay you go in there and get the money i'll be sure to hold the car wink wink you know, and she's like, no, you know, screw that. You're the man. Go get the money. Um, that's a good sign. She's playing along with the banter, right? Uh, she wouldn't do that if she just thought your uh, banter or your jokes were dumb. So that's another good sign that I think guys could sort of That uh, could be dismiss. a whole nother podcast, right? Oh, yeah. That's a whole nother one. Uh, we talk about this extensively. So if she's going along with your jokes. That's a very good sign. And then this other one don't really pick up on is she's giving you positive body language. So that means she's facing towards you. She's giving her your attention. Remember, we don't provide or give attention to things that we're not really interested in. So if she's giving you positive body language and facing you and giving you the eye contact and stuff like that, she's liking what's going on. She's into it. And another little subtle thing that I'll add too is that girls are very subtle with their touch. And when they touch, that's a really strong Signal. So if she's like touching your arm or she lately brushes your chest, things like that, you should feel good about moving the interaction forward or at least feel good about grabbing your number. You know, hey, you're pretty cool. Throw your number on my phone. We'll hang out next week. So excellent. That's a whole list of stuff you guys should be watching out for. And again, it comes back to the principles you listed out for us in the beginning, right? Looking for clusters. So the yes. more of those that are happening, the more interest she's showing you. Absolutely. Excellent. Yep. And Justin, we're kind of going over here, but it's such yeah. great stuff. Let's go over a few ways how we can start getting much better at reading body language and a couple of those book recommendations you were giving and we'll wrap it up. Okay. Yeah, perfect. So real quick, how I got good with this was I started reading one of my favorite books is What Everybody is Saying by Dave Navarro. He's a really wow, well Wow, Dave Navarro. Okay. Yeah. He was a, he's a veteran counterintelligence specialist uh, for the FBI. And now his book, What Everybody is Saying, is kind of like my body language reading Bible. It's really good. He talks about the science and what goes on chemically in our brains uh, about why we see some of the body language that we do. So I didn't talk about any of that stuff because it's really complex and then he has like a bunch of picture examples and uh anyways it's just one of my top favorite books i probably read it about once a year it's really good and he throws in his stories the other one is called the definitive book of body language and i i'm so blanking on this one right now on who the author was but very similar it has lots of pictures they talk about it a lot in like business angle so if you're like into business and how you can communicate or communicate better with your body that's a really good one too and what's kind of cool is you'll see a lot of similarities between the two books, which is a good indication that a lot of our body language is universal. Excellent. And how about one last tip for guys yeah. to really start dialing their body language, observational skills, and also how they present themselves. And then we'll get a plug from you. 
Okay, cool. So how I got good with this was I would focus on a particular area of the body. So I think the definitive book of body language starts with the hands. Excuse me, no. What everybody's saying starts with the hands because the hands are the second most communicative part of our body. And so I would read the section on hands. I would take some notes in my like journal. And then for each signal, I'd go out and observe it. So I used to work at bars, so I got good at reading that. But you can do this in coffee shops. Uh, you can do it at work. You can do it at the airport. And the reason why you can do this pretty much everywhere is because because we are communicating all the time. We are never not communicating. So wherever you go, you can observe these body language. So you take a part of the body, observe it, take notes on it to the point where now you're able to recognize it and then you move on. And if you keep doing this cycle, uh, you'll get to a point where you can able to see everything, get to, to a point where now you're uh, taking an observational role and you're able to see the whole picture. Yeah, so uh, that's a really solid game plan. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And guys, do what Justin's saying. Learn and then start to apply it by going out there wherever you like to hang out or wherever you happen to be. Start observing, 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 and you'll start to pick up on things. And guys, like Justin said before, it's not inauthentic. It's every president has gone through public speaking training and they all use their gestures and vocal tones and emphasize things in very specific ways and you'll start to see that once you start getting better so justin thank you so much for sharing your wisdom your knowledge and most importantly your time so where should guys learn more about what you do and connect with you yeah absolutely so yeah, thank you for having me on the podcast. I really enjoy these talks. Obviously, we ran a little over time. Uh, if you want to learn more about what I do or what the Art of Charm does, a great place to go is to simply go to theartofcharm.com or more specifically, go to the Art of Charm podcast.com and check out the toolbox episodes. There's a bunch of instructional stuff. You'll hear me on there. And we go over a lot of these concepts that I uh, kind of gave you guys a 30,000 foot view of. And if you guys are into that and personal development, that would be a great place to start. Excellent. All right. Well, so Justin, yeah, it would be great to have you back on, talk about the micro expressions or maybe go a little bit deeper into the banter. So thanks so much, Justin. Really had a good time and learning from you and hearing all your knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise, man. It was great being on here. You've reached the end of another episode of the Alpha Man Project. Connect with us at alphamanproject.com. Your feedback is really important to us. It helps us learn, develop, and most importantly, improve our podcast for you. Give us a review on iTunes and receive a free grocery shopping list and four-week muscle-building workout. See you next episode.